This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee and this is Campaign Catch-Up. It's Tuesday the 19th of April. Today, Guardian Australia political reporter Paul Karp joins me to talk about the value and the cost of a good political scare campaign. But first, here's what happened today. In the second week of the election, scare campaigns from the major parties are gathering steam. News Corp papers kicked off the day with a front-page story. It claims there's government modelling that proves electricity bills would rise under a Labor government as a direct consequence of the opposition's plans to upgrade the electricity grid to allow for faster influx of solar, wind and battery energy. Emissions Reduction Minister Angus Taylor later sent out a press release saying the same thing, without explaining how the figures were calculated or who by. Labor leader Anthony Albanese called this out in Queensland today. That scare campaign is based upon a view somehow that renewables aren't the cheapest form of new energy. And we know that that is why the market is choosing clean energy and renewables for new energy growth. That is something that is happening in spite of uh, the government, not because of the government. But once again, we see just a scare campaign. Labor has also been running its own scare campaign for some time now on the government's cashless debit card, which ensures welfare recipients can't use most of their payments for gambling, alcohol or for cash withdrawals. Labor MPs have been known to run Facebook ads suggesting that a coalition government would extend the cashless debit card to pensioners. And today, Albanese doubled down, saying a Labor government would abolish the cashless debit card altogether. And he challenged the government to do the same if it really wants to rule this out. Prime Minister Scott Morrison was in Perth and he was not having a bar of it. Here he is, the Labor Party, frightening older Australians over something that is a complete and utter lie. If he wants to talk about in, uh, trust and integrity, then he should show some today and the Labor Party should stop frightening pensioners. It is an out and out disgusting lie. Morrison also all but ruled out dumping his controversial captain's pick for the Sydney seat of Warringah, Catherine Deves. The PM is standing by Deves, who's apologised and deleted multiple offensive comments, including one comparing her activism against trans women in sport to standing up against the Holocaust. She has learned in her advocacy in her private life the better ways to do things, to take things forward as a member of parliament. And I believe that's how she'll approach that task if she's elected as the member for Ringer. And I don't think she should be silenced. In doing this, he's ignoring calls from moderates in his own party to dump Deves, including Trent Zimmerman, who's running in the neighbouring seat of North Sydney, and New South Wales Treasurer Matt Keane just hours earlier. Well, my view is that this person should be disendorsed because I do not believe she's fit for office. I do not believe that she is aligned with the values of the Liberal Party. Coming up, Paul Karp on scare campaigns in this election. My colleague at Guardian Australia, political reporter Paul Karp, has been fact-checking multiple scare campaigns for readers during this election, and he joins me now to explain how we can make sense of them all. Thanks for joining me, Paul. No worries. 
So, Paul, scare campaigns seem to be everywhere at the moment. I watched both presses today on on both sides of politics. We just seem to be seeing scare campaign versus scare campaign. Why are they dominating this election already in week two? Uh, Well, I think a lot of these scares have been a long time coming in that we knew that they were going to play a feature in the campaign. You know, today it's the coalition drop to the News Corp tabloids that Labor's policy on electricity is supposedly going to increase your power bills. In this case, it's just them playing the hits because that accusation worked in the last election campaign. Labor has for months been warning that the coalition is going to put age pensioners on the cashless debit card. So again, that's a campaign that's been months in the making. And it's just now that it's come to the crunch of the election that it's getting a a lot more prominence. Mm. And sometimes it is a bit spontaneous, like the Operation Sovereign Borders claim that Labor is going to, you know, destroy uh, the deterrent in the asylum seeker uh, boats policy. That one was because of a slightly loose answer where Anthony Albanese said that um, Labor was in favour of Operation Sovereign Borders, but forgot to add that they're are not in favour of temporary protection visas. So some of these are very premeditated and and some just come up because of the dynamics of what the leaders are asked. Is it noteworthy that it's coming up this early in the campaign or is this something that we expected? I think we did expect that there would be a lot of negative campaigning, but the reason it seems even bigger than usual is that there aren't a lot of policies being proposed by the parties and being talked about. They are focusing on quite small announcements for particular local areas or or industries rather than huge transformative platforms. And as a result of that, a lot of the conversation is don't vote for the other guy, you can't trust the other guy, Uh, just just pure negative. Mm. What are are these scare campaigns designed to do more generally on both sides? Well, I think... We saw with uh, Labor accusing the coalition of trying to privatise Medicare in 2016 uh, and the idea that Labor was going to introduce a death tax which didn't bear any resemblance to the, the very limited tax change to franking credit rebates that they actually proposed. What we saw is that those campaigns are tremendously successful and that fear is a very good motivator for people's vote. Mm. It's just as simple as that. If people can't be persuaded to vote for you because they think they'll get lots of good things for doing that, then you can win their vote by convincing them that they have a lot to lose for voting for the other guy. Mm. And and could they work this time around, do you think? Absolutely. The only question in my mind at the moment is which of these will get the greatest prominence in the in the final you know few weeks of the campaign when undecided voters are switching on you know who has the last word in terms of what people are thinking of as they cast their ballot and as i say i think in 2016 it was privatized medicare and there was a big swing to labor and in 2019 it was death tax and and there was you know a swing to the coalition at the last minute i mean paul Scare campaigns are definitely a tactic that have been used before, will are being used now, will be used again, completely open to both parties to do that. It's a political strategy after all. But is there a downside to using scare campaigns in election after election on, on the broader electorate? 
Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, the problem with scare campaigns is, you know, if they're encouraging you to vote on a basis that isn't factual, then you can be uh, persuaded to vote in a way that might be against your own interests, that you wouldn't vote if you had the, the full facts available to you. And, you know, the, the repeated scare campaigns decreases trust in the way that the whole democratic system works. But that's that's not to say uh, that, you know, how you vote can be determined by a scorecard of who told, you know, the most porkies. But people still have their own, own values and their own decision to make about who they trust and why they do and don't trust them. Mm. Well, I, I experience it writing the fact check column where it's like, Labor has ruled out dismantling our borders and, you know, the coalition has ruled out introducing the cashless debit card for pensioners. And then you and then you hit publish on that column and then you get a whole bunch of people in your replies saying, how could you be so credulous to trust them when they say that? Like, they're obviously going to do it anyway. And so some people are judging on what they've ruled in and out in the last month and some people are judging based on boats coming in 2008 or, uh, you know, loose things that Anne Rustin said about the cashless debit card, you know, a year or two ago. And that's that's their right to decide who they trust. Hmm. Well, I mean, as a political reporter who has been tasked with a lot of fact checks of these scare campaigns and who is watching this campaign closely day in, day out and trying to get to the truth of both campaigns, what advice would you have for voters going forward trying to make sense of everything they're hearing about the scare campaigns and trying to make an informed decision about who they vote for? I would say to to look at precisely what the claim is and what that's based on because it's, it's very easy to take a quote out of context and to blow that up into being more significant than it was and to not trust the way information is presented to you that that claims to be gospel fact. I mean, modelling about electricity prices is only good as its assumptions. And so, you know, you should be having an alarm going off when one piece of modelling is telling you something very different to every other piece of modelling. So the, the best you can do is try and go back to the primary materials, try and read widely to see whether this supposed fact is actually contradicted already by other information in in the public domain and just don't don't believe everything you hear that the leaders say in order to get a 10 second grab up in the 6 p.m. news bulletin thanks so much for your time paul see you later no worries cheers jane that's your campaign catch up for today If you're looking for even more election news, you should go check out our political editor, Catherine Murphy's podcast, Australian Politics. It's available wherever you're listening to this podcast. This episode was produced by Mel Chun and me, Jane Lee. The executive producers are Miles Martignoni and Gabrielle Jackson. See you tomorrow. Listener.